Morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Tuesday, Wednesday. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. Thanks so much for being live. Ah, thanks so much for joining us just in general. We've been talking yesterday about this idea of building the aspirational you, right? The concept that we're trying to build ourselves around here is in order for us to go above the issues that hold us back in life, the issues that keep on keeping us the way we are, we have to create a new image of ourselves. Because the way you get above something is you shift yourself, right? When you hit a wall, your options are going under it, through it, or above it, right? If you go under it in this example, you're analyzing, you're deepening, you're delving, which is dangerous stuff. You got to have the right tools to dig underground. And if you're not connected to some real professional, a real professional, like someone who really knows what they're doing, it could be really worse. People get lost in this world of why is this happening to me and never come out of it, really, until they just stop thinking about it. Or get lost in it when they didn't need to. You can go through it, but you got to have a lot of strength and power to go through a wall. Walls are a lot harder than you think. Yes, people that get mad and they punch walls. Have you ever seen that before? I've seen that once or twice in my life. Somebody punches through a wall. Sheetrock, of course. Yeah, his heart. He's not like that was nothing. (laughs) Usually there's a broken or sprained or painful hand afterwards. It's hard to go through walls. If you go above it, it's also not easy. But that's the approach we're working on here, which is the way you go above it is you don't try to change the wall. You try to change yourself. You got to get in something. You got to be in something that lives above the wall. You got to be at an atmosphere that is above the wall. So that means that the problems are going to be the same, but you're going to change. And when you change, your relationship to the problems change. And when your relation to the problems change, then for you, the problems change. So when you go above the pettiness between, let's say, you and your children that has been holding back your relationship with your teenager, once you change and you relate to your kid differently, you're not going underneath it and going into deep therapy as to why you're not connected. You're not going through it and saying, she'll figure it out. You're going above it. You're changing as a parent. When you change as a parent, the the, the, the remarks, the tension it has, has, has a different impact on you. And when that impact is different, the problem is different. The relationship to the problem is different. And so then the problem, whether it gets solved or gets changed. And so how do we do that? So the way we do that is by looking at who we have in our lives already and seeing the values that we have in them, seeing the values that they find and taking those values and bringing it into our lives. God already sent us the values that we need 
to build the aspirational version of ourselves. It's the most amazing thing in the world if you think about it. God has already sent you the lessons you need to learn to get through the problems that you're currently facing. He's already sent those people to you. Maybe you've met them. Maybe you're related to them. Maybe you've learned from them. Maybe you've read about them. Maybe you've watched them. But there's a reason why you see something and go, can you believe this person? It's unbelievable. And someone totally misses it. There's a reason why people sit, unfortunately, in a funeral and the person gives a eulogy. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, this, this, and this. Some people are like, I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention. It's so sad what happened. And you're like, what? It's not so sweet what the kid said about the parent. And the other person's like, yeah, 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 it was. And you were so moved by a story that was said. And the other person wasn't as moved. Why was that? It's because that's the value that you need to put into your life. It's just being held in front of you. If we can just clean away the story clean away the person even and the details and hone in on the value you can take the value and you can put it into yourself i don't think i'm going to spend my mornings making syrian pastries for the eventuality that hopefully my kids or grandkids in the future with god's help will come over now but I can learn from, for those who watched yesterday's show, but I can learn from my grandmother the value of being real with the divine and not needing to sit behind the pew to connect. I hope and pray I, do, I never go through anything anywhere near what my grandfather went through. They went through the Holocaust. But I can learn the value of resilience. And I can learn the value of being happy with what you have and not focusing on what you don't. I can learn the value of just how little things mean so much and stop waiting for the next thing to happen. Just be blown away with what you have. It doesn't have to be only in my grandfather. Right? I don't have to be Michael Jordan to learn the value of even if you're down, the game is not over. And even if you get rejected for something, it doesn't mean you'll never make it. And if someone gives you the ball, shoot, because it's better to shoot and miss than to not shoot at all. And so many times in life, someone gives us an opportunity and we just pass on it because we're scared to fail. Michael Jordan wasn't scared to fail because he missed a lot of shots to lose games. If you watched enough basketball in the 90s. And he took a lot more the next day. And there's so many other people that we learn from. There's so many in every aspect of our lives. There's so many people around us that if we can just slow down, and as opposed to getting lost in the person, or as opposed to getting lost in life, and not being able to find the value for the value, we're going to miss it. Right. When you look at something, I did this with my kids when they were little. They stopped doing it as they get older. Whenever we would do anything. (laughs) Sometimes my kids have it a little rough. 
I never would go anywhere or do anything. I would make them tell me like what they learned. And I could tell you like, just and this is my oldest son, God bless him. And then I stopped. I used to make them write me. I, I kid you not. We're, we're close. I can just tell you, right? I used to make them write me like a paragraph essays. Really? Like they had to go back. They didn't have to. I didn't force them. I wasn't like, you know, or else you're going to fail. I asked them whenever we'd go somewhere or meet somebody or see something, I'd ask them or him to write me. What did it mean to you? It's funny. We found it later on. If your kids can do this, do it. If they don't, if they don't rebel, take a kid or do it ourselves. You come back from something and you're moved and you're not like generally moved. You have to like articulate what moved you. What'd you learn? That's a, that's an exercise in creating clarity of values. Why, why are you moved for? What, why, are you, why are you so blown away by that story, by that speech, by that person? Why? What, what, what happened? So some people will be like, that was just super inspiring. What, what wasn't made it inspiring? I don't know. It was just inspiring. What? You know what? In that story was a value that you need to learn. But if we go through life and we never articulate it to ourselves, how are we ever going to learn it? So we go through life and we get inspired by stuff and we just have the general inspirational feeling and we go back into our lives and like we remember being inspired and we sort of know the value-ish, but it's not clear. It's not sophisticated. It's just general. He was such a good dad and that's inspiring. No, it's not. That's not inspiring. That's generally inspiring. What's inspiring was that you heard a story of a guy who's super busy and found time to remember, you know, his kids, whatever. That's inspiring. The ability to prioritize your life and know that family is first. That's a value. Being a good dad is a general inspiring moment that gives you no clarity as to what to do next when you're in this situation. Mere story of somebody who is generous. He was a good person. That's what's inspiring. He was a good person. No, he was generous with his money. And even though he didn't have a lot, he always managed to give charity. That's a value. So the next time someone asks for something and you're like, I don't have, you give. That creates a value that I can put into my aspirational vision of myself so that I can think of myself and say, I need to be more generous with my time, with my words, with my money, so that when I am in a situation and I'm stuck at a wall, I can go to it and say, wait, wait. Remember you wanted to be more generous? Just give. Stop fighting over this. This is ridiculous. Just give. Give it. Let it go. Let them win. Let them win. Fine. Let them win. It's family. It's your friend. It's the guy that sits next to you in the synagogue. Who cares? Remember the generous story that you heard a month ago? Don't you want to be that guy? Don't you be that, want to be that woman? So she didn't pay you back. She forgot. Why does it bother you for? Don't you want to be the person that you heard about? Remember that? This is your chance. 
You laid out the money for five people and three forgot to pay you back. Let it go. This is your chance to be generous. You did this and no one said thank you. You spent all this time and effort on something and nobody said thank you. Remember the story of the woman who did charity quietly? Remember you heard that a month ago? And you were inspired by the story because now after she passed away, they found that all these people that were moved by her and nobody knew that it was her. And now it came out that she was quietly helping all these families. Remember you heard that story and you were like, holy cow, that's amazing. So the story um, a year ago, my friend Baruch Bear Bender told me this great story. I'm sure you've heard this before. It's such a great story. Such a great story. It, it, it stuck with me for so long. There's a guy online. Have you heard this from me before? Baruch Bear Bender runs in a great organization here in the five towns. Helps people, chesed, health. I mean, great, great stuff. So one of his colleagues was online at a very packed, busy supermarket. So if you can picture a Friday afternoon in a traditional Jewish community where everybody is shopping for Shabbos. Can you picture it? 12 o'clock, a thousand people, right? And a woman has a cart full of food. And she goes to the cashier and she hands him the credit card and he swipes in and says the client. There's 12 people behind her online. Is there a hole she can crawl into? She like looks around and like laughs and goes, I, I think try it again. Decline. So she looks into her wallet. She doesn't have anything else. She goes, you know what? Just put it on my, I, I have a tab here. He clicks a couple of buttons and says, your tab is maxed out. And this lady is just, she's beside herself. She doesn't know where to go. What is she going to do? So she's like, you know what? I'll just leave it here. Is that okay? And, and the work is like largely, yeah, whatever. And there's a guy behind her buying like, I think the way he said it was like bananas and like a, a drink. Just picked up something and so was going on. And he pulls his wallet out and he quietly slides the credit card to the cashier and says, it's on me. And she's still figuring out what to do. And by the time she's still like, doesn't know what to do. He starts ringing her up because or she, he starts packing her cart because the other guy's credit card works. And she looks at him and he's like, like, don't, we're good. We're good. And she gives him like a silent, like, I don't know what to say. Thank you. And she finishes, they pack up her thing. She walks out. He doesn't even make a, like nothing. There's no high stepping in the end zone. There's no patent, nothing. He goes to the thing. He pays for his things. Click, click, $8.99. He goes, I'll take this and her entire account. Excuse me? Yeah, I'll pay for this. And I will pay to clear her entire tab. Clears it, picks up his stuff, and he just walks out. He doesn't go by the house afterwards and says, thank you so much for letting me. He disappears. Just a dude. She's a woman in need. Thank God God blessed him with some money. Doesn't need to get honored at a dinner. That amazing story. 
I was so moved. I was so moved. But what's that going to do for me in 15 minutes from now if I don't learn how to be generous in a silent way? You think that's any different than when somebody says something to you and you still stay generous in your words? You see somebody that's struggling and you just are benevolent in your compassion? God gave you maybe health. Maybe God gave you a healthy family. Maybe God gave you a healthy self-confidence. Maybe God put you in a position of of career security and someone else doesn't have it. Maybe God gave you $10 and someone needs 10 cents. Who cares? The stories that inspire us, if we do not extract lessons and values, what are we going to wait till we're in this situation? And by the way, I got to tell you something. We're an incredible people. Because I got calls. There are people that do this, by the way, all the time. I had no idea. Only because I told the story, someone called me. They walk around supermarkets. I kid you not. I kid you not. There are people like this in our people. I'm telling you, I spoke to them. They go to supermarkets and pay their bills and say, give me someone's account and pay for the entire account. And nobody knows. It's insane. There are people that walk into schools that have private school education. The people can't pay tuitions. And they go, I want to pay for my kid and give me someone on the list who needs it. And I'll pay their kid too. And nobody knows. The kid just, the parents just get a call. Your kids have been covered this year. Or like just the kid doesn't get a bill. Great, great, generous people out there that me me and you have never met. But God knows. Don't worry about it. God knows what he's doing. God knows. God knows. But when you hear a story like this, is it like just generally inspiring? Or can we pull away a value and say, I want this in my life. Am I going to be at a, re- at a supermarket? I'm behind a lady. And I don't know, but I'm going to wait flat. <laughs> There's a value here. It's called silent generosity. And it's manifest in a million different ways in my life and in the lives around me all the time. And it's with money and it's with words and it's with feeling and emotion. And I could apply it to my family. I could apply it to my, my family member. I could be sitting at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, an event and there could be someone sitting alone at a table. And I could just go over to them. But I have seven friends going to hang out and talk to me for 20 minutes. But that person's new. That's silent generosity. That's swiping the credit card. Just the credit card of time. You sit down with somebody. And you're like, hey, you new here? And the person's like, is someone talking to me? Doesn't just happen in high school. Happens all the time. Someone starts a new job. They're totally lost. You knock on the door. Hey, I heard that you just started. Can I help you with something? Can I take you to the coffee room? That's an aspirational version of ourselves. That's who we can become. We have to learn lessons. We have to learn values. Okay, we'll talk about it. So moved by that story. Man. All right. Okay, everybody, have an amazing day. Let's go be the best version of ourselves because that's what God expects and wants of us. All right. Have a great day with God's help. I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.
Recently, I was calling around for a certain friend of mine who needed a specific doctor. When I called another friend, he said to me, he had a great doctor for him. I said, great. What insurance does he take? He said, I have no clue. I don't have insurance. I said, what? How could you not have insurance? He told me that over the past few years, he had paid over $100,000 towards health insurance. And because Baruch Hashem, him and his family were healthy, they hadn't gotten any benefits out of it. He felt like he was wasting his money on insurance premiums and deductibles. So instead, he switched to United Refua Health Share, which is saving him over $20,000 a year. I was like, really? How? So he explained to me what a health share is. A health share is a group of people who share religious beliefs. For us, it's Jewish beliefs, who share in each other's medical expenses. I help you and you help me. It's as simple as that. It's basically at its best. So I asked him, how do you use top doctors if you have no insurance? He said, as, as uninsured patients, they're free to choose any doctor or hospital and are eligible for sizable discounts. When they need medical care, the top doctors in the country are available to them. No in-network restrictions. Amazing. Totally flexible. He's now paying $499 a month for his whole family, as opposed to his previous cost of over $2,000 a month, which is basic for an insurance plan. The cost is based on the membership size. And in addition to all these benefits, he says their customer service is five stars. He never had to wait on hold. He gets his answers right away. And his bills are processed faster than ever. Go to learn more about United Refua at www.unitedrefua.org or call them at 1-855-SHARE-55. 1-855-SHARE-55.